Stay tuned for the golden days of radio in just one moment. When a roof you must repair and you're heading way up there, do you know what shoes to wear make up your mind? To play it safe, your shoes should be the kind that are not slippery, or you may wreck your vertebrae. Make up your mind. Hello, this is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. with a word about your name and rank. What's in a name? If yours is Alfred, it means good counselor. Though your name may not mean showbiz fame, as with Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Lunt, or Al Jolson, your rank of sergeant means that you're capable of training large groups of troops and getting them into a combat-ready condition if necessary. You lead, and the troops will follow. What's in a name? Plenty. Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Doris Day, humorous Phil Baker, Glenn Miller and his orchestra, comedian Milton Berle, and the man who was billed as the world's greatest entertainer, Al Jolson. Doris Day has been one of my favorite performers for many years. I wonder how many remember when she was a vocalist with, with Les Brown and his band of renown, or that she performed regularly on your hit parade in the Bob Hope Show. As a matter of fact, in the early 50s, Doris Day had her own radio program on CBS. From Hollywood, it's the Doris Day Show. <laughs> Yes, from Columbia Square in Hollywood, here's our lovely singing star, Doris Day. Thanks, everyone. Now, folks, I'd like to say a word about the one that belongs to you, the one you love. If he's in the service, maybe in some remote part of the world, the most precious thing in his life is the letters he gets from you, from home. So please keep him posted. You know, I want you to know about a letter that I got recently from the G.I. guy in Korea. It was Dateline, Dogface Villa, and it read like this. Dear Doris, we had an outdoor movie a couple of weeks ago, and in it you and some silly character spent six reels getting mad at each other, then making up, then getting mad again, then making up. I don't know how it is now back in the States, but it seems to us guys over here that somebody's wasting an awful lot of time. <laughs> Well, anyway, he goes on to invite me over there, and then he closes with, If you can't make it in person, Doris, a letter would make this particular mud hole shine like a second lieutenant's bars. The letter is signed, Private First Class, John Boseman, 40th Division, United States Army. Well, wherever you are, John, this one is just for you. Who's gonna kiss me? Who's gonna thrill me? Who's gonna hold me tight? Tonight Why did I tell you I was going to Shanghai I want to be with you tonight Why did I holler I was going to Shanghai I want to be with you tonight It 
was just a little misunderstanding that a kiss on the cheek could pass. I need you so badly, I'd gladly start all over from scratch. Oh, why did I tell you it was bye-bye for Shanghai? I'm even allergic to rice. Why don't you stop me when I talk about Shanghai? It's just a lover's device. Now who's gonna kiss me? Who's gonna thrill me? Who's gonna hold me tight? I'm right around the corner in the phone booth and I wanna be with you popular radio entertainer was comedian Phil Baker. During the 40s, he had one of the most listened-to quiz shows on the air. The program was Take It or Leave It, and if you were lucky and smart, you could win as much as $64. That's right, $64. A decade later, the program went on television, and they raised the ante to $64,000. Well, that's inflation for you. But for now, let's go back to 1935 for this sequence with Phil Baker. Presenting the armor star jester, Phil Baker. Oh, my public. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, before beginning the program, we will have half a minute's silence, during which we ask you to rise and face Yankee Stadium as a mark of respect to all those who bet on Primo Canera. <laughs> oh, I say. I say, Mr. Baker, Mr. Baker, have you heard the rumor about Canera's alibi? No, Bottle, what rumor? Well, it seems they're going to take the yarn that Canera is telling about why he lost the fight and weave it into a rug. Oh, I see. <laughs> Bottle, for shame. Oh, forgive me, Mr. Baker, I'm not myself. No, I was away over the fort. <laughs> yeah? When are you coming back? Uh, where did you go over the fourth bottle? Well, I went to visit my father. Oh, really? How is he, Bart? Oh, splendid, thank you, yes. His position has been advanced. Really? Yes, sir. He's a trustee now. He is. Uh, <laughs> just a jolly good felon, eh? <laughs> By the way, Mr. Baker, what did you do over the fourth? Well, Bottle, my wife and I had a general house cleaning. We got rid of a lot of useless things that were laying around the house. First of all, I threw out my wife's brother. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Then I dusted off my grandfather. Yes. Took up all my uncles for the summer and beat them. And uh, dropped a little poison around for the ants. Oh, I say. <laughs> oh, quite a thorough cleaning, sir. Yes, yes, and I swept out two relatives I didn't even know I had. Oh, and another thing, I was going through an old wallet. Yes. Get this bottle. Yes. I was going through an old wallet, and I found my wife's hand in it. Wasn't that lucky? Oh, yes. Rather, what else did you do? Sir? Oh, I hung my maid out for an airing. 
spread the children or sprayed the children and polished off the landlord. <laughs> yes. Then I went out in the garden and clipped the neighbor's children. Oh, I say you must have worked very hard. Yeah, Peter. especially last night when I went down I went to the basement and shook down my rich cousin. Then I went out and got myself replastered. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone's been accounted for except Beetle. I wonder what Beetle did over the fourth. I went to visit my mother and father. How touching, Beetle. Did you see them? No, they were out with the chauffeur. They went to town to get their relief check. Well, Beetle, old boy, <clears throat> tell me, did you shoot, uh, shoot off any firecrackers? Uh, just one. Under an old lady. Boy, did she jump. How do you like that guy? Where did you get, where'd you get the firecracker, Beetle? I took it away from a little boy. <laughs> Seriously, but I think the United States is the greatest country in the world. Well, Mr. Baker, I think England is the greatest country in the world. Don't be foolish, Bottle. What has England got that America hasn't got? Uh, American tourists. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? I admire your patriotism, Bottle, but I think that France is a greater country than England. Ah, but England is a country of letters. Ah, but France is a country of postcards. <laughs> Ah, but England has Beatrice Lilly. Ah, but England hasn't got Phil Baker. Ah, when does the next boat leave for England? Mm -hmm. And another thing, Bottle, in this country we have Congress, the greatest minds in the world. What have you in England to compare with the Congress in Washington? Uh, the fog in London. The... <laughs> oh, fair, Bottle, the fog lifts. Oh, very good, sir. But if you wish to make further comparisons between the English and Americans, match these, sir. Uh, let's see. King George. President Roosevelt. Sir Malcolm Campbell. Uh, the New York taxi drivers. The Royal Guard at Buckingham Palace. The ushers at the Chicago Theater. <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi. Sally Rand. The London Zoo. The Baker Family Album. Oh. All right, Leon, wipe your accent off your chin and settle this argument. I say that America is the greatest country in the world. I say that England is the greatest country in the world. All right, Leon, which is the greatest country in the world, England or America? Russia. Mm -hmm. So that's how it is, eh? Well, tell me, what has Russia got that America hasn't got? Or England, Mr. Belasco. The five-year plan. <laughs> Top that one, Bottle. All right, the uh, Dion Quintuplets. <laughs> Top that, Mr. Baker. The crowd in any butcher shop buying the armor meal of the month. <laughs> By the way, Bot, the Quintuplets were born in Canada, not England. How do you account for that? Oh, they were too young to know what they were doing. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute, Bottle. Bottle, what is that awful thing you're smoking? Oh, Mr. Baker, don't scold me, sir. It's a cigar butt I picked up in the street. That's a funny-looking cigar. I never saw a red cigar before. Wait a minute, boys. Let me smoke it. I'll tell you what it is. Mm-mm. That's not a cigar. It's a cigarette. You're crazy. A cigarette hasn't got a wick on the end of it, and it doesn't sizzle as it burns. I told you it was a cigar. No, it's a cigarette. Here, give it to me. I'll smoke it and tell you what it is. Mm, you're both wrong. It isn't a cigar, and that isn't a cigarette. Well, what is it? It's a... Uh... Ouch. My word, it's a firecracker. listening to the theme song of one of the most popular bands during radio's golden days. The orchestra is Glenn Miller. It was on the air live every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday evenings on CBS Radio with his program Moonlight Serenades. Good evening, everybody. Medley night again with a little bit of something old, new, bored, and blue. Something old? Melancholy baby. 
40s, one man made his mark in show business and for the second time. His name was Al Jolson. During the 20s, he was a smash hit in dozens of Broadway shows. In 1927, he made the first talking picture, The Jazz Singer. In the 30s, he made many more films and was a popular performer with his recordings and on his own radio show. A few years later, his star began to fade and it wasn't until Columbia Pictures made his life story, The Jolson Story, that audience once again begged for more and he regained his title, the world's greatest entertainer. Here's Al in 1945 on the Milton Burrow radio show. Wonderful. Oh, thank you, 
Milton. Yeah. Hey, Milton. Yeah, yes, Ken, what is it? There's a fellow outside who's come to apply for the summer singing job. There is? Oh, boy, I hope he's a nice, young, romantic tenor so I'll be able to go away for the summer. Have him come in, Ken, will you? Well, would you please come in, sir? Why, it's Al Jolson. Pardon me, sir. Uh, I'm looking for a certain studio. <laughs> Sorry, but the gay 90s program is right down the hall. <laughs> well, uh, what, uh, what program is this, sir? Well, what does it sound like to you? Pretty horrible, pretty horrible. <laughs> well, uh, what are you... <laughs> what, are you uh, what, are you, uh, what do you want here anyway? Well, I, I came here to offer my services as a summer replacement for Milton Burrow. I see. Well, my good man, I happen to be Milton Burrow. Brother, do you need a replacement? <laughs> Now, look, who are you anyway? And tell me, what is your name? I am Al Jolson. Now, look here, Mr. Johnson. Now, wait a minute. Just a moment. Just a moment. It's not Johnson. It's Jolson, Mr. Beale. It's Jolson, Mr. Beale. Beale? Beale. No, not Beale. The name is Burl, Mr. Jackson. What? <laughs> not Jackson. It's Jolson, Mr. Bowles. Now, listen, Mr. Bowles. It's not Bowles. It's Burl, Mr. Jessel. <laughs> And so ends another broadcast of Abbott and Costello. <laughs> now, come, come, tell me, what is your real name? Haven't you heard of Al Jolson? Was he missing? <laughs> oh, you're such a crazy... <laughs> oh, don't you, don't you know the Winter Garden? Jolson, Jolson. Oh, you mean Jolson of Jolson and Johnson. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. Let me see if the name of Jolson means anything to the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Al Jolson. So how about that? That's, that's all right. Well, you see that? Yeah, yeah. I got a rousing ovation. Yeah, well, anyone can do that. Yeah, sure. I'll show you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Milton Burrow. I said, my name is Milton Burrow. <laughs> Honest, my name is Milton Burrow. Well, Milton, what do we got to say about that? <laughs> Silent tribute. <laughs> now, wait a minute, now, wait a minute. What? Do I get this job as a singer or not? Now, look, look, tell me something. Have you ever done anything in show business? That kills me. <laughs> I've always been interested in show business. In my childhood, I followed the minstrel shows. In my boyhood, I followed Vaudeville. I see. And what did you follow in your manhood? Womanhood? <laughs> now, young man, the singer we want must be a young, romantic crooner. Well, I'm young. <laughs> You're young? <laughs> well, you can't say I'm old just because I left a few years slip by. You may not know it, <laughs> but your slip is showing. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, I've got the spring of youth in my walk. <laughs> spring will be a little late this year. <laughs> Come on now, Burl, this is ridiculous. Look here, I'll show you how young I am. Why, I'll buy a $1,000 bond for every year that I'm over 35. <laughs> Hello? Really? That's swell. Thanks. Goodbye. Who was that? Morgenthau. He says you just paid off the national debt. What? <laughs> Listen, Grandpa Max. Do I... <laughs> Do I get the job or not? Well, no, it's no use, Jolson. It's no use. You can't have the job. You're not young. You're not romantic. Milton, Who's that? That? That's our pretty little singer, Connie Russell. And stop foaming at the mouth, Jolson. <laughs> Let me meet her, Milton, will you? And I'll, I'll, I'll show you 
Who's young and romantic? Yes, but... But don't... Stop jumping up and down. I'm not jumping up and down. She looks a little like Arkansas. Go ahead. <laughs> but, uh... But uh, it won't do you any good, because I've got this girl all sewed up. Yeah. Uh, Connie, I want you to meet uh, Al uh, Jolson. Al Jolson? Oh, Mr. Jolson, I've always wanted to meet you. You're so wonderful. Thank you, Connie. You, you know, you, <laughs> you're pretty nice yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me, I think my fudge is burning. <laughs> Gosh, you're so handsome. You really think so? Gosh, I could certainly go for you. Well, why, why, why don't you give it a try, honey? Love comes to Andy Hardening of the Arteries. <laughs> Mr. Jolson, are you sure you have nobody else? Well, believe me, honey child, I was completely footloose, really. <laughs> footloose. The rest of them could stand to some tightening, too, you know. Can I always depend on you, Mr. Jolson? Uh, don't, call me, uh, don't call me Mr. Jolson, Connie. I want you to know when you need a friend, come to Al. Thanks, Al. And when you need some fun... And you want a few laughs? Uh, come to Al. I will, Al. And if it's advice and counsel you need, remember, come to Al. Supposing I need a little money uh, to help my family, what then? I bet he tells her to go to Al. <laughs> up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.